This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week, scheduled for broadcast Thursday, the 21st of March, 2019. VORW International is a weekly light entertainment podcast which features a mixture of my miscellaneous discussion on a broad variety of topics, some of which are just in my own mind, some of which are listener-suggested. So you'll really hear some thoughts, feedback, views, perspective on a wide range of things. Could be philosophical issues, could be current events, uh, could be completely random, funny, silly topics. Uh, This is just a relaxing show where you will hear it all. This show goes out to you every week, online via iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and many other means. This broadcast also goes out on the international shortwave frequencies, 7780 kHz, 5850 kHz, and also 5950 kHz. So I hope you uh, enjoy the show, and do stay tuned. So uh, this program... I don't really know how long today's show is going to end up being. As I've said before, the length is always uh, variable, and that's the way I intend to keep it. So, like I said, if I wish to go on and on and talk about something endlessly, I could very well do that. Or if I would just prefer to keep the show a little bit on the shorter end, uh, that'll be done as well. We do have a good amount of listener topics that we will be getting to, a little later on in the program, uh, but I do have a few things that I want to bring up first. Uh, now, I guess really, you know, first, first, right, first and foremost, uh, as it is obligatory just for the sake of this program, it should always be mentioned and remembered that this program is listener-funded, the way that it is able to continue to broadcast, the way that it is able to stay on air, The way that it continues each and every week is thanks to the support from listeners just like you. If you would like to consider supporting this broadcast, please submit a donation via PayPal to vorwinfo at gmail.com. That's vorwinfo at gmail.com via PayPal or via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week. Uh, recently, the YouTube platform did uh, get monetized, which is a good a good step. You know, it's a good step for this broadcast. But I think sometimes if people see advertisements from YouTube on the uh, on the show, they'll feel like, well, you know, it's it's got the ads on it, so it'll be able to pay for itself. Uh, but it should always be remembered, and this just goes for YouTube in general, really, uh, that whether you see ads or not, there is always such a thing as an ad rate, which means how much you'll actually make from these ads that are displayed. And keep in mind that despite the monetization of this program on YouTube, the actual earnings thus far cannot even pay for a single hour of radio airtime. So it's very low, but at least it is a step in the right direction. In regards to advertising, if you would like to advertise on this program, I present to you an open call to do so. 
I will have time for you. It could be at the beginning of the show. You'll get your message out front and center to a huge online audience. I'll do my best to work with you, try to get you a rate that you can afford. Current and former advertisers of this program have been very satisfied with the attention the product, service have gotten from this show. You will be as well. If it is something of interest, I'd love to work with you. You can send me an email inquiring, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. This broadcast is brought to you by Database Pros for HR databases, HOA databases, and more great database software. Check them out, db-pros.com. That's db-pros.com. This broadcast also is sponsored by Brandon M. Lohman of Lohman Law, PLLC. They provide professional, competent, dedicated, and courteous service. Loman Law PLLC has represented clients in matters of personal injury, tribal law, oil and gas law, and criminal defense. They are licensed in the state of North Dakota, the state of Minnesota, Fort Berthold District Court, Standing Rock Tribal Court, Federal District Court of North Dakota, and the Federal Court of Claims in Washington, D.C. Loman Law PLLC is based in Grand Forks, North Dakota. If you need help with your legal claim, contact Loman Law PLLC to set up a free consultation. Their contact information is as follows. You may find them at lomanlawfirm.com. That's L-O-M-M-E-N-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com. Lomanlawfirm.com. Facebook.com slash Lomanlaw. You may reach them via telephone at area code 701 Two one three five nine eight six, or via email at lomanlaw at gmail dot com. So, what did I want to talk about today? Well, the topic that I wanted to bring up, and it's a generalized topic, but it is, it's something that I really do want to directly uh, tie in to the program today, and that is the subject of change. And I'm not talking about you know, spare change, or coins, or coin collecting, or being a numismatist, or anything like that. I'm simply talking about the process of something changing, something transforming, something that is different now than what it once was. With time, I think everything, everything changes. You know, you you know the way that it is. Nothing stays the same. A lot of the times when things change, it happens either so subtly, so even so quickly, we don't even notice it. And, I mean, you look at the world, you know, really society, you know, culture, right? 10, 15 years ago. Compare it now. (laughs) It seems different, you know? I remember the other day, I was looking over, I don't know why I was even watching this video, it seems like it was such a waste of time, but I I was. There was this video that was showing commercials from the mid-2000s, so maybe from 2005 to 2008, and I recognized a lot of those commercials, because back then I used to watch TV quite a bit, and I remember looking at them now, and I was thinking, wow, you know, some of these look so incredibly dated, you know? Didn't look that way when I remembered seeing them. You know, they looked 
new as ever, but now I see them a few years later, and, like, they, they just seem so, just so dated, you know, they kind of seem old, in a way. And it's just funny that those types have changed, and you, you don't even notice. You don't even notice until it's kind of brought back, and then you see the differences, and sometimes I'll think, well, how, how, how didn't I notice that everything changed? It's just because everything around us changes, and so do we. You know, we change a lot of the time with the environment, and we just don't notice. But change, it can happen in many ways. You can have that type of gradual change that you're very likely not even aware of, and you can have very quick, fast, instantaneous change. Uh, some for better, some for worse. And I think it's that instantaneous change that a lot of us are more familiar with, because it's obviously more noticeable. Sometimes it's welcomed, sometimes it's feared, sometimes we hate change, you know, no one, no one likes it. Of course, though, that's all very dependent on what exactly it is. Sometimes it can be a good change, but we can still feel uncomfortable with it. Maybe it's something that you've never done before, or never been to, or through, or experienced. And it can still be a very positive thing, but you can feel uneasy about it. You know, because we've never just, we've, we've never gone through this one thing, never experienced it before. And there's all those uncertainties, the what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if things are better than I expected? What if things are worse? Sometimes those what-ifs, when it comes down to change, they can eat us up. And before we know it, something that was supposed to be a good change ends up leading to a lot of worry and really uncalled for fear in our minds. And sometimes I think as a result of that, some of us will become very resistant to change because we might like things that we know are stable, that we know work out for the best. Even if you can make a change, that things might even be better, some of us don't want to take the risk. We don't want to try it out and see what happens, because, well, what if it doesn't work out the way I thought that it would? What if it doesn't work out in that positive way that I was hoping for it to? One of the uh, reasons why I was thinking about change today as I picked up the microphone is it's in reference to this very radio broadcast. Really, I call it a podcast now, but, uh, you know, for years I'd been calling this a radio broadcast, and so that was just a little slip of the tongue, but you know what I mean, the show, right? Because very recently, and it was really thanks to your support on Patreon, that even allowed for this to happen, I decided to make an upgrade in regards to the microphone that I use to record this program with. And I got it the other day. It seems like it's a good setup. You know, it seems like it's sufficient, very professional. At the same time, though, as I was kind of, you know, trying it out, right? If you get something new, if you get a new piece of technology, equipment, even new clothes, right? You have to try it out first 
before you fully commit to it and use it, you got to make sure that it works. You got to make sure that you're satisfied with it, that this is what you wanted. So I was trying this out the other day just to make sure that this microphone setup works, that it's you know sufficient, and that it gets the job done, that it records the quality audio that I hope for it to. And as I was trying it out, it, I was almost overwhelmed by the complexity of it all. Now that's not to say that it really was that complex, you know, it's not like it was the controls of a commercial airliner uh, or the controls of a you know, the space shuttle or anything crazy like that. But because it was something entirely new compared to the way that I've been recording this show for years, to me it seemed almost overwhelming in a way. And it was like that, you know, I, I didn't really know where to necessarily begin. I didn't really know where to, to start. Because with this new microphone, I found out that it was not necessarily compatible with the audio editing program uh, that I normally use to make this show. So not only did I get the microphone, but I had to download an entirely new uh, software in order to actually make the show. And with that, now I have to kind of figure that out, be able to master that, and be comfortable. And because I'd been doing something the same way for so long, I felt completely lost and overwhelmed in a sense, just because things were so different, you know? Not only was the setup very different from what I was used to using, but the way now, from, from now on anyway, putting this show together is going to be a completely different process as well. Because it was just such a striking difference from what I'm used to doing, I felt like I was overwhelmed, you know? I felt, I almost felt like I was doing something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Because I was so used to making this program the exact same way for such a long period of time, doing everything different all of a sudden, you know, that, that change, it oh, made me feel weird. It made me feel kind of confused. Maybe lost, in a sense. But again, it was because this is all so different. So, lately I've been spending the last few days just trying to, you know, get the hang of all this new equipment. Um, right now, you might have been thinking, well, I can't really tell any difference between the microphone setup. Um, are you even using a new microphone? No, I'm, I'm still using the old one. Because I just, I don't want to go ahead and use something that I'm not necessarily fully proficient with, uh, you know, until I know what I'm doing. I just don't want to go ahead and be doing something the wrong way, or be doing it incorrectly, so I'm still in the process of, you know, learning this new program and the microphone and all that stuff. Uh, but if you are interested, this is what it sounds like. Now, I'm still in the process of trying to fully figure it out, trying to, uh, you know, really determine the levels of it all and, you know, everything that comes down to it. So this is still going to be a, a very large process. 
uh, but I wanted to give you that chance, that side-by-side -side comparison that you could really hear the difference. Now, like I said, I'm still trying to learn this myself, so I know it's not perfect. That's the reason why I'm recording the show still with the, the technology that I am more familiar and proficient with, because this may sound too quiet, too loud, too harsh, or too smooth. And, you know, with time, those are things that I'm going to have to work out, things that I'm going to have to work on. And until then, you know, we'll figure out a solution. Uh, but I did just, you know, very kind of preliminary, rough, want to provide you that direct example so you can see the side-by-side. And, you know, be honest, if you preferred the old microphone to what this sounds like, uh, I'll, I'll be interested. I'll be happy to hear that. Let me know your thoughts. It's always of interest. But this is, uh, this is what it sounds like in comparison to the microphone that I have used in the past. So that's what it sounds like in comparison to uh, the current microphone. And I think, as you can tell, it sounds very, very different. Uh, to me, it seems like it's a little bit on the quieter end, uh, though I really don't know how that's going to be perceived from a listening standpoint. It just seems like the audio is a lot softer on that microphone setup than this one is. But again, I'm, you know, I don't know how that'll end up translating over to radio or to the online formats. So if if you are interested, if you just kind of gave that comparison a listen, I would be fascinated. Uh, let me know which one sounds better, which which do you like better? Do you like the old microphone, the one that I'm using now, or the uh, new microphone that I just very recently showcased? That I legitimately am interested in. If you do have any comments, any feedback on that, I'd be, I would be very interested in hearing from you. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com but that's really, that's really one big aside. The one thing that I've been trying to tell myself, because like I said, all of this change of, you know, of scenery, even the metaphorical scenery in, in regards to the technological aspect of things, was still leading me, uh, you know, it was just making me feel weird because it was just so different from what I was so used to doing. And it'll kind of bring you out of your comfort zone. The one thing I reminded myself, and the one thing that I wanted to share with you, is just the following little tidbit. Change is always, always happening. And a lot of the time when we see something change, at first, very likely, we may feel uneasy about it. And I think a lot of the time that uneasiness becomes because of a sense of unfamiliarity with whatever is going on. Things are different. It's a different environment, a different setting. We're doing something different. Things, you know, things are just, they weren't the way that they once were, big or small. And sometimes when those constants are interrupted, when it's broken, in a sense, yeah, we don't necessarily feel comfortable with things. We kind of lost, maybe. But always bear this in mind. While change, a lot of the time, can leave us feeling, you know, iffy about things, 
always remember that not all change is bad. And just because something might be new does not mean that it won't be even better than the way things were previously. It might feel weird, might feel odd, might feel strange, might lead to that sense of apprehension because it's so foreign in a sense. But always remember, change, yes, it has a lot of negative connotations to it. I think that's really what a lot of people, I think that's probably one of the strongest feelings when it comes down to something being different. It's always the negatives that are most jarring, that stand out to us the most, that things aren't the way that they once were, that they may never will be, that, you know, oh, the good old days are gone, and this and that and the other thing. But just remember this, too. Change can be a wonderful, beautiful, incredible thing. And at first, yes, it might feel odd, you might feel confused or lost because it's something that's so different than the way things once were. But eventually, once that sense of being accustomed to this new change, once that kind of sinks in, it may become fully apparent how wonderful change really can be. And keep in mind, it will, almost always, will take a little bit of time to get used to. But once we do familiarize ourselves with the new situation at hand, before you know it, things will feel completely normal once again. And even in a worst-case scenario, let's say that a change is made and you're not satisfied with it, you don't feel right about it, you know, things aren't, it just doesn't feel, doesn't feel like it was for the best. In many cases, you can make another change, that being to undo the effects of the previous one. Now, that's not always able to happen. Sometimes it depends on the scale of things, uh, but let's just say even in my case, I, I highly doubt it. I think that, you know, with this new recording setup, it's just going to take a while for me to learn because I've just been doing it the same way for so long. But even if for some reason it just doesn't work out, it just doesn't feel right, and, you know, like weeks pass and it just, I'm, I'm not feeling good about it, I could make a change or I can just return it go back to the way things were, and perhaps even just try out a different setup from the one that I was experimenting with. So there are ways that even if, in a worst case scenario, you're not really a fan of the, the change that happened, there's always a way to either make the effects a bit better, or to even completely undo it if things just don't work out in your favor. But that was just a little bit of a topic that I wanted to discuss. I know it wasn't the longest in the world, and I know it may have been very repetitive, uh, but that's just what's been on my mind over this last week. Uh, just because, again, I was making some adjustments with the, the recording setup for this very show, and because it was so different from what I was using, it did lead to that, it did lead, I should say, to that feeling of uneasiness to that feeling of apprehension. But I think with time, as things are kind of learned better and experimented with better, 
I think before I know it, I'm going to be using this setup all the time, and I'm going to be saying, you know, wow, I am so thankful, so glad that I made the choice to upgrade this equipment, uh, because it's just, it's really working out great. And I think before I know it, that's going to happen. And, you know, until then, kind of in that one period where I'm still trying to learn the new stuff, things just feel a bit different because I've been doing the same thing the same way for so, so long. So that's all that I wanted to talk about, just change. The fact that while it may lead to those uneasy feelings, change, and I think this is something that we all know, but regardless of that knowledge, we still end up feeling whether we like it or not. Change is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it might feel weird, it might feel different, but sometimes that in itself is for the better. Change can be one of the best things that could ever happen to us. Just keep that in mind. Change is not always a bad thing. More often than not, it's a great thing. Moving forward, progressing onward, and if the change ends up being a bad thing, if you really think about it, there usually are ways that you can either get by, get around it, or completely undo that change. So always keep that in mind. A lot of the times there are a good amount of options, more than there necessarily may seem to be, you know, first and foremost. Granted, this all depends on your situation, but if you really think into it, you analyze the situation, you assess your options, what you can do, what you can't do, sometimes you'll see that there's actually a lot more potential paths that you can take uh, in regards to what you, what you want to do than you initially thought there to be. So just bear that in mind as well. But that's just something that I wanted to talk about. I just kind of wanted to give my thoughts on change and, uh, you know, just share what's floating through my mind. So that's really today's topic, today's discussion. Uh, just some generalized thoughts on the subject of change. Now with that, I haven't really been keeping track of how long I've been recording so far. I mean, I'm looking at a clock on the wall, but I... I don't know if I was recording for 20 minutes or 25 or 30 minutes, but however long I ended up talking for, we're going to be going into the second half of today's broadcast. For those of you just tuning in right now, you're listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. It would always be great to hear from you. Your feedback is always welcome. You can send me an email if you're listening. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's if you have any questions, comments, uh, shortwave reception reports. If you have any topic suggestions, if there's something you'd like for me to talk about in a future show, because this is the next uh, segment of the show that we're going to be getting to now, let me know. I can't guarantee that I'll be able to talk about it, uh, but I'll certainly note it down and try my best, at least, to uh, bring it up for discussion. Uh, Today, I think we have about seven or eight listener-suggested topics that I'm going to touch upon, and uh, it's just, you know, there's some really good stuff that's uh, coming your way here. So if you have any correspondence, though, it's always great to hear from listeners. Uh, The address, once again, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And one thing that's always interesting in regards to correspondence, I really, I don't even... This is one of those things, I don't even know how to incorporate it, so I'm just going to spew it out. One of the fascinating things, it's always, I don't know why, it's always made me wonder 
in regards to doing this show. You know, a lot of the time, especially, and this I notice very, very more uh, with the shortwave, is I'll do the show, and you know, I have it transmitted out on usually uh, 100 kilowatt transmitters out to Europe and uh, North America, and South America too. And sometimes I will hear from a listener, you know, who will write in, who will send me an email and say, yeah, you know, I'm I'm listening to you on uh, whatever, you know, frequency. And the person will write in once, and I'll never hear from them again. I mean, I remember going through some old uh, pieces of feedback that were given to me in 2015. And, you know, almost all of these listeners wrote in one time, and I never heard from them again. Now, in my mind, and I know this might not necessarily be true, but this is just what I think sometimes, that, therefore, these individuals listened to the show one time and never tuned in again after that. Uh, Because when it comes down to correspondence and feedback, the way that I am with it, and this is just for the sake of finance reasons, is when I look at correspondence, I have to be extremely conservative in regards to the the numbers and people being reached, so I can kind of manage this show's budget, which is always, unfortunately, very flexible. It really is dependent on what donations happen to come in one week to the next. So if I see one person emailed me and never emailed again, I have to assume, in my mind, that out of the, whatever, 120 shows that I did, they listened to one show and never listened to another show again. And the only record I ever even have that someone tuned in is just what is directly uh, told to me. So, you know, for instance, I remember once uh, someone, you know, emailed in in early 2017 and said, you know, they were listening in on the shortwave and then I never heard from them again. I would have to assume, therefore, that they listened in one time only in early 2017 and, I don't know, put the radio down, shut it off, lost it, forgot it somewhere, smashed it with a brick, (laughs) or anything in between, and, uh, you know, that's it. They listened once, never tuned in again. So that's why I am always, of course, so... uh, interested at least about correspondence just because otherwise I have no idea that anyone's tuned in or you know how many people are listening and really it's also the opinions the actual feedback itself in regards to this show that proves to be extremely valuable especially in regards to this second half of the program where we kind of take your listener suggested topics granted if no one wrote in uh, we wouldn't even have any topics to go off of so of course It's important for a number of reasons, not only to keep this show going in the literal sense, also in the metaphorical sense as well. So we know that people are listening, and we also have that feedback to gauge the shows off of, and the actual suggestions to do the show with. So if you are, you know, if you do want to write in, share your thoughts, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com is the address to do it via. With that said... There was one current event that I wanted to bring up very briefly uh, because it was, this was recommended to me by a number of 
listeners, but it's something that I just want to say with all due respect. I, I don't want to talk about this subject any more than is absolutely necessary. And I'm going to just give the absolute necessary thoughts uh, right now, and then I'm done with it. And, you know, you're not going to hear me say another word about this again. Where we got a few emails last week uh, that wanted me to talk about the shooting in New Zealand. That is a, a subject, of course, number one, that in itself, any sort of incident of, of that nature is very sensitive, and that needs to be understood first and foremost. Secondly, however, one reason why I almost completely refuse to discuss it is due to the fact that the individual that committed that atrocity did so with the intention of trying to make it go viral on social media. Not only with the video, but the manifesto that accompanied it. This was an individual who really wanted to try to cause as much conflict and as much division as absolutely possible through his actions, both physical and in writing, through what he said, what he did, the way he did it, this individual's act of terrorism was done to try to promote further interest in his twisted ideals and to really focus on him. That is something that I refuse to feed into. I think the best way to possibly combat that is to completely ignore that piece of garbage and not to give him any more thought or attention than is absolutely necessary because that's what he wanted out of all of this. And if you give him that attention, I hate to phrase it in such a way, but you're letting him win because you're giving this individual exactly what he wants. It's a terrible, terrible incident. I hope one day the root causes of this will be addressed, combated. Unfortunately, I think as long as people continue to exist, there's always going to be evil individuals out there, and there's always going to be people that will go on these sprees and rampages and for one reason or another in the name of this or that or for the sake of one thing or the next. That's always going to happen, but of course there are ways to try to minimize that and try to prevent such terrible things from happening again going forward. And I just hope with the utmost sincerity that those actions are at least attempted to be taken. But all I can really say is my heart goes out to the victims of that. It's terrible. I don't think there's any other word to describe it. Just completely terrible. But that's why I don't want to talk about it any more than I just did. And that's all that I have to say on that matter. 
And you are listening to VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Uh, We now are officially beginning the second portion of the program after we kind of got our uh, our little editorial out of the way in regards to the current events and the terrible tragedy in New Zealand. I think it should go without saying, though since I just said that I'll say it anyway, so I guess it'll go with saying, uh, that yes, there was a break in the recording process, and uh, I am recording this at a different time and location. You may be able to hear some of the background noise. I am indeed outside, and it's a bit of a cooler, cooler morning. That's the time that it is now. Early morning hours, but a little chilly. There is a uh, cold front with quite a bit of rain that passed through, bringing down the uh, the temperatures, so it's kind of a long-sleeve day today. I, you know, I, I probably could have gone with a sweater, but just going with the shirt and tie. But anyway, uh, I have the topics up in front of me, The uh, at least a number of listener-suggested ones. Let's count them. How many do we have to, uh, to go off of today? Let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine topics. Granted, with such an amount, some will be longer than others. Uh, some will be, you know, some will be very just kind of short form. Others will be long form. Uh, but I think this is going to bring a really good variety of discussion. I would like to say hello to a few of our listeners. Uh, tuning in online, we hear from Juan in Uruguay, Cesar in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, Michael in St. Paul, Minnesota, Jeff in Phoenix, Arizona, we also hear from Julie S., Chase N., and uh, also going over to West Virginia, we hear from Alex S. On the shortwave, uh, we have Ashton and his wife in uh, Woodland, Texas, listening in on 7780 kHz. Brian in Brewster, Massachusetts, listening in on 7780. Mary in Halifax, Massachusetts, tuned in on 7780. Atish in West Bengal, India, listening on 7780. And then we have some of our listeners on 5850 kHz, Pastor Cody in Texas, Doug in Georgia, and Dean in Charlotte, North Carolina, listening on 5850 kHz on the International Short Wave. With that being said, we go to our first topic. This one is uh, suggested by Becky and Koki Hansen, some very long-time listeners they've been with the show for uh, for years at this point. Uh, they said, we have a question. Would you rather go out in the world for a day wearing uh, board shorts, a surf theme t-shirt, and flip-flops, or work at Burger King for a day at the, rest, at the register in an outfit you feel comfortable in? You know, I gotta tell you, with that question, I'd have to go with the casual outfit. Though I do wear a tie pretty much every single day, I would have to take the casual outfit uh, for two reasons. Number one, the Burger King environment, even if I am working at the cash register, at any fast food establishment, there is always that chance that you can have um, just overall messiness. You know, you can have grease, you can have sauce, you can have oils, etc. 
uh, that could spill. So even if I wanted to wear something more formal, uh, there is a very, very real chance that I can ruin my outfit just because of the environment that I'm in. And secondly, the service at Burger King, I say this with all due respect, is, is absolutely dismal. It is uh, terrible. You know, I, I, I heard the other day from someone that was at Burger King that the service was just atrocious and that it was a, a terrible experience all around. And uh, I would much rather subject myself to... And, uh, you know, I would just rather go through a day where I'm just not feeling, you know, comfortable in the clothing that I'm wearing uh, than going through an experience where I might be comfortable in the clothing uh, but everything else would be very, very stressful, you know, and I, I just, so it's the lesser of two evils in that sense. So thank you, uh, both of you, for writing in. It's much appreciated. Uh, the next topic suggestion we hear from comes from an anonymous listener, and I always respect, you know, if a listener says they would prefer not to be named, uh, I will respect that wish, and I will, uh, of course, take your anonymity into account. Uh, so this listener writes the following, he says, uh, And I'm not sure how I can put this into the form of a radio topic suggestion, but I am a fan of you and your shows, and I need some advice. I have recently been through cancer treatment, and though I am now cancer-free, it has huge effects on my future plans. Through the process of beating the cancer, I've come to realize that I have very little in common with most of my friends, and in all honesty don't have much reject for their lifestyles or opinions in such matters. My family is very distant and not really communicable. I know I could go to a stranger for counseling, but having tried this after being depressed after my dad suddenly passed from cancer a few years ago, I didn't find it helpful. I was planning to start a family with my fiance this year, but I can no longer have kids because of the cancer. This was my dream and gave me meaning and direction, as my family was so distant and I wanted to have our own. Now, I know there are other options, but I don't feel totally committed to any of them at this time. Now I don't know what to strive for, what I can do that has meaning in my life, and I'm worried I may start to become self-destructive as I have in the past. Now granted, uh, as you did mention, this is very serious topic, uh, and as a result, of course, though I will try and give you the best answer I possibly can. Uh, as always, there will be cases where I will just outright say uh, that, you know, I may not necessarily be qualified, uh, you know, to, to give a response. Uh, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. That's just what I always say as a standard disclaimer. Uh, but I will give you a little bit of advice. Obviously, and this is in regards to the last show that I did, uh, which anyone can go back and listen to, where I kind of talked about life and, uh, you know, my perceived take on, on the meaning of it all. And uh, obviously this individual writing in, essentially the meaning of his life, you know, a family, trying to start a family, was kind of taken away from him. Uh, obviously because of factors outside of his control. Cancer, cancer treatment, uh, is hell, you know? And you can... There are so many resources. You can read about it. You could research it. You can hear people's stories. You know, and I think a lot of us know that already. That even if you do get, 
you know, it, it is a successful treatment, let's put it at that, the number one, the physical process that it takes is grueling for the most part. You know, it's it, it wears down on you. And secondly, when you're going through this, you're kind of put in such a state that sometimes some people don't want to deal with you anymore. You know, you're not feeling well and it's continuous and you'll lose the support of some people that you thought were your friends that would be there for you and you suddenly realize now that I'm kind of down for the count, they don't really care about me anymore, and I know that's a very difficult realization, but I can assure you that that's happened to a lot of people. Obviously, what you're going through is quite difficult. What I would say is when you feel like your life has been stripped of meaning, now granted, I can only go off of the information that you provided to me. And that's all that I'm going to go off of. I'm not going to make assumptions regarding your situation when that information isn't present. You know, so I'm, I'm just going to go off of what you provided me in this question and that information, that circumstance alone. Obviously, that you said that your relationship with your... with most of your family, anyway, was not the best. And that the relationship with your friends wasn't the best and you wanted to start a family, that's, you know, what was keeping you going, now you can't do that. One thing that you need to consider, because to me, it sounds like the one person that you may perhaps have a good relationship with is your fiancé, you know? Again, this is, like, this is all that I can go off of, but consider that relationship in and of itself. If things are good there, and if, you know, this is the one person that you feel comfortable with, that, you know, you you feel like you can trust or you want to be around or whatever it might be, right there, that relationship is something you should consider uh, to give you the motivation to keep on keeping on, as they say. And of course, going forward, sometimes time takes care of things on its own, where perhaps if that relationship does work out and you're able to kind of direct your attention, your focus, and you could say, all right, I'm not going to give up because of this, because, you know, this is uh, someone that I want to be with. This is, you know, this is what I want to do, at least. Yes, things did uh, obviously didn't go the way I wanted to in life, and things didn't turn out the way I hoped for them, but at least I still have this one person in my life, right? Use that to keep you going. And sometimes with time, as it passes, as it progresses, uh, certain things may end up, things may fall into place on their own, is the best way to say it. Maybe at some point, might decide, all right, I still want to raise a family, I might not be able to actually have kids. I could still adopt, obviously that idea, you know, that might not be in your head right now, that might not be something that you want to do, but you never know. That might end up being something to consider going forward and you'd still be able to to have a family you know and kind of have that that goal that wish that dream uh, met and fulfilled in a sense something to consider anyway of course if things keep going worse I know you said that it may not have worked out the best but you do have to keep in mind that in the medical industry in regards to therapists counselors psychiatrists, 
there really is a hierarchy of doctors. By that I mean, they aren't all the same. Some doctors are going to be better than others. You're going to have some doctors that are going to sit down, talk to you, and listen to what you have to say, and will provide valuable input. You'll have other, other doctors that will be in and out, five minutes, that's it. You might have some doctors that are good for prescribing medication, uh, but aren't good for anything else, you know. They won't listen to you, they'll just, whatever, write a script for some um, antidepressant or whatever, and send you on your way. Whereas others will actually listen to you, they'll talk, and they may give insightful feedback. So keep in mind that just because you may have had a bad experience with a counselor in the past does not mean that all uh, counselors are useless and that they won't necessarily do a good job. Uh, as I said, if things do continue to get worse and you have the resources to do so, consider seeing a therapist, a counselor, talk it over with them, and I would personally recommend trying to see a different one uh, than you did before, because sometimes just changing up a doctor can make a world of difference and all of a sudden you'll realize, wow, you know, the last doctor that I was seeing wasn't doing a good job, but this doctor, I mean, is, is excellent. So that's my two cents, uh, but just consider the following, and uh, I really wish you the very best in life and uh, everything that you're going through, and I, I hope things pick up for you going forward. Over to Nick in Washington, D.C. He's writing in next. He says, uh, Jeanette and I, so the two of them, are listening in on Spotify. In terms of future topics to discuss, maybe you could talk about your sleep routines. I'm generally up around 5, 5.30 a.m. every day, and I'm in bed by maybe 10, 11 p.m., but that has changed a lot over the last decade. I used to work at 4 p.m., um, or I'm sorry, I used to work a 4 p.m. to midnight or later shift, and it really changed the way I viewed the world and felt about myself. Uh, how have you changed over the years? So, what I realize now is my circadian rhythm, and I think I've talked about this in uh, shows previous, so I'll, you know, I'll keep this one a little on the quicker side. My circadian rhythm, I realize, is messed up um, beyond, beyond reparation, beyond the point of fixing. You know, it's past that, that point of no return. My circadian rhythm will always, and by always, I do mean always, it will always go back to a night-only schedule. Now, some people will say, I think this is because of all the caffeine that you consume, you know? And I mean, that's an easy way to blame it. You, know, you can say, well, if you stopped drinking coffee every day, uh, maybe your sleep schedule will get normal. However, the one thing that I just say to argue that is I go back to my childhood, years before I ever even had a single caffeinated beverage. Now, I'm talking when I was just a, a, a kid, you know, under 10 years of age. Even then, I would be up until 4 a.m. And it wasn't because, yeah, you know, I get to be up at 4 and I can watch, you know, TV or be up playing this or that. It was because I couldn't get to sleep. I'd have to get up for school, you know, whatever, sometime in the early morning, but I couldn't get to sleep until, you know, 4 a.m. And this was before I ever had caffeine, before any of that. I was struggling 
to fall asleep. And even then, my circadian rhythm was going toward that nocturnal schedule. And nowadays, every single time, because I don't always sleep for an even eight hours, you know, sometimes I'll sleep for six hours, five hours, seven hours, nine, ten, twelve hours, etc. Because the amount of time I spend staying asleep is not equal, my time spent awake is constantly fluctuating. And sometimes I'll put myself on a daytime schedule, but even by the day, I will just start getting tired later and later and later before I'm on a nighttime schedule again. For instance, I'll cite an example. So let's say I start getting myself up at 5 a.m., you know. If you simply go by the rule of eight, pretty much, where you sleep for eight hours and stay awake for 16 hours, I should be going to sleep at around 9 p.m. Um, Eastern time if I wake up at 5 a.m. So sometimes, let's just say one night, okay, I'll wake up at 5 a.m. and I'll start getting sleepy around 8 p.m., but I won't actually be able to fall asleep until 10 p.m. I go to sleep, the next morning I wake up at 6 a.m. That night I fall asleep at 11 p.m., then the next night after that, I wake up 6 a.m. again, but for some odd reason I can't fall asleep, and now I end up falling asleep at midnight. I get a good sleep, and now I wake up at, you know, 8, 9 a.m. The next night now I end up going to sleep at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. That's what always happens. It always goes back to that nighttime schedule. That's just the way that it goes. Um, but truthfully, I've always liked the, the world at night. I've always enjoyed that better than during the day, to, to be quite honest, uh, because I enjoy the, uh, you know, the, I guess that's the lack of, of all the noise, you know, there's so much that goes on during the daytime, and that could be good, but sometimes it's just too, too much activity, you know, being able to go out when everything's nice and quiet, and it's dark, and, you know, that's, I mean, I guess the best way to describe it, it's just calming, in a sense. It's just, uh, it's just very relaxing. So I enjoy being awake at night, but granted I try to get myself on a type of schedule that perhaps allows me to be awake during a, a mix of the two, or I'll be able to be awake during some of the late night hours, uh, but also be awake during the morning and maybe even midday period in order to get some work, especially with the YouTube channel completed. Uh, so I can utilize kind of that natural light. And uh, obviously when it comes down to videography, sometimes that natural light, if you get it at a certain angle, will provide very, very ideal lighting for a video. So I try to preferably get a mix of the two, but sometimes that's not always possible. Sometimes I'll find myself on a schedule where I end up waking up at, you know, 5 p.m. and falling asleep at 8 a.m., essentially sleeping through the entirety of the the uh, day when there's full light outside. So it's ever-changing, but I always try to get a little bit of a mix of the two. Uh, next up, we have a listener who goes by the name Cosmic, who says, I want to ask, 
Do you think that your migraines could be due to artificial sweeteners and or sugar that you consume? Have you ever experimented with your diet in this regard? I read simple carbs like that can trigger migraines. I have experimented with my diet. Unfortunately, I, I do not think that it is sugars uh, that trigger them. I think they just happen whenever they do happen. Uh, sometimes, you know, migraines can be triggered by a lot of things. It could be something that you ate, could be something that you smelled, could be loud noises, could be the weather, and sometimes it could be absolutely nothing at all. So the amount of things and circumstances and all of that that can trigger a migraine uh, is incredible. You know, the amount of risks that are involved, etc. Uh, like, I, like I said, you can sometimes have a migraine that will happen for no reason at all. You'll be sitting there, you'll be feeling good, and all of a sudden it'll just come about. And that's that. You're out of commission afterwards. Sometimes, yes, it, it can be what you eat. Uh, but, you know, I, I do have, I mean, a sugary diet. I don't eat too many sweets, but, you know, I do eat some. And of course, with the coffee that I drink, there's always some sugar in there. And I don't get a migraine every single day as a result of that. But, you know, I, I do understand that diet can play a role in it, so thank you for your question. Uh, we have four more topics to bring up. For those of you just tuning in, this is VORW International. Next we hear from Ethan. Uh, he says, I listened to your program about the crisis in Venezuela, and uh, you talk about shortwave radio dying and its popularity dwindling. Could you speak more in how a person can get into shortwave radio? It seems like a daunting and large learning curve, and I imagine stacks of old radio equipment and a large antenna in my yard in order to get into it. How can a person enjoy shortwave? You know, Ethan, sometimes, and I'm not going to for the sake of, you know, r respect, sometimes I, I was thinking about that question and part of me wants to skip it. Uh, not because of the question that you asked, but because lately I've been getting more and more jaded in regards to shortwave radio. And uh, my view of the medium has just been getting more and more pessimistic. And uh, part of me would just want to give you an answer and just say, forget about it. You know, don't even, don't even bother uh, getting into it anymore. Uh, but I realize that's not the way to approach things. So while I just said that, that's not the answer that I'm going to commit myself to. Uh, because if you do want to give it a try, I would recommend going for it. Uh, granted, at this point in time of shortwave, it's dying, and uh, it's it's on an irreversible path. But at the same time, you can still have fun with it. Now, there have been people who have gotten into shortwave radio, many people, and they've said that they're extremely disappointed in it. Uh, that they thought that there was going to be a lot more to it than what there really was, and that they, you know, got a radio, listened in, and they were extremely disappointed to find out that all they could listen to were Spanish stations and uh, extremely religious uh, brokered airtime shows, and that's it, neither of which piqued their interest whatsoever, and uh, they just feel really disappointed in it. 
Whereas you'll get other people that'll get a radio and they'll be able to pick up signals from West Africa and uh, it'll be the most fascinating thing to be able to listen to Radio Guinea or Radio Mali or the voice of Nigeria and hear these you know very fascinating foreign stations and hear music that you've never heard before and so I think in the end shortwave radio really is what you make of it and what expectations you kind of have beforehand you can still hear lots of fascinating things on the airwaves even today you can still hear numbers stations, you can still hear pirate stations you can still hear radio broadcasts from North Korea you can listen to radio broadcasts from China India, Iran, uh, like I said, West Africa. You can listen to South American broadcasts. And yes, you can listen to some very charged up political, religious shows from the US, music shows, etc. Ham radio operators, you name it, all of that stuff is still on the air to this day. The one thing that just needs to be mentioned in advance is that shortwave radio as a, uh, really as a pastime is something that will dedicate a lot of research a lot of time and a lot of patience and I think what makes it is what you want to get out of it so if you're just hoping to turn on the radio and suddenly hear tons of stuff just right off the bat you know instantaneously I hate to say it so bluntly but you are going to be let down but if you prefer to kind of, you know, trawl the airwaves and, uh, you know, just scan around, see what you pick up, see what signals you can hear, and just go from there. So it all comes down to what exactly you hope to, to get out of it. You just need to understand that shortwave radio is a hobby that, number one, you don't need to have stacks of old, you know, radio equipment. Uh, you can buy a small portable radio that's, I mean, very small. You can just carry it in your hand. It's not going to be like a giant box or anything. And just a short little antenna or just, you know, a little piece of wire to kind of amplify reception. That will not cost a ton of money. And you still will be able to enjoy this broadcast medium. Uh, but like I said, it's all what you want to get out of it. Uh, it's, a, it's something that's going to require a lot of patience, a lot of time, a lot of research, and diligence. And obviously, you know, in today's society, that's something that uh, many of us lack. And that's, you know, even I lack it at times. You know, you want to just get something here and now, and I get that. I, you know, that's just the way the world is today, and I understand that. Uh, so just bear that in mind. But yeah, there is a lot of research that has to go into it. And you also need to keep in mind a lot of the stations that broadcast, it's not like AM radio or FM or online radio, where most of the stations that transmit are not 24-hour stations. They'll broadcast for one hour on one frequency, and then they sign off. So you have to really time things out and kind of establish a listening schedule, uh, but you just need to keep that in mind. And also the quality is always you know, like how AM radio is. So people will say that it sounds very staticky and uh, all of that, but that's how it's supposed to sound. And sometimes the signal will cut in and out. You know, it'll kind of fade in and out, depending on the distance. Uh, but granted, there still is stuff on the air. 
And like I said, even I'm kind of falling victim uh, to the decline of this broadcast medium, and I've been getting more and more pessimistic about it. Uh, not to the point of giving up yet, but, you know, just uh, just very pessimistic, you know, when you see that it's going down this path, that it's irreversible. How can you not kind of get pessimistic about it, you know? But I'm still going to keep using it. I'm still going to keep broadcasting on it. That is not changing, I can guarantee you that. Uh, you know, as long as there's something to broadcast on, and I have something to broadcast with, i.e. a program, then I'm going to keep doing this show on the shortwave. You know, but sometimes I will say, you know, what's the point? Uh, for instance, last week, when I aired this talk show on the shortwave, I got more complaints, believe it or not, than anything else from shortwave listeners who were saying, why are you airing this stupid talk show? I want to hear the music show. And I thought to myself, for a second anyway, why am I even paying for airtime for something that people don't even care about, you know? What, what's the point? Uh, but, you know, that's just the negativity kind of getting to you. So, I know that there are people that tune in over the airwaves that are a tiny bit more appreciative. Um, but like I said, I'm still going to keep, you know, doing this show and uh, broadcasting it on shortwave. But certainly I would be lying if I said the medium of shortwave broadcast is better than ever. Uh, because that is not the case. Uh, we hear from three more listeners. Uh, we hear from Vincent in the Netherlands. He said, uh, since I was six years old, about 24 years ago, I played chess. In my junior school, I was made fun of because of that. It was considered a, a very geeky or uh, nerdy you know, game. Recently, I found out that chess is considered a cool game amongst children and uh, that you have to be very intelligent to play that. So it made a shift from geeky to cool. What are your thoughts on that? Well, thank you for bringing that up, Vincent. Uh, to be honest, it doesn't really surprise me. The way certain fads and interests change over time, it can be one of those things that, you know, it's kind of like a no-brainer, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised in the least that people now think of whatever as being uh, popular or cool or interesting or whatever. Uh, but other times you will have situations where I'll think to myself, wow, you know, I, I can't believe people actually think this is popular at this point. Now, I can understand, though, chess is a fun strategy game, kind of like shortwave, though not as much. You do have to have that patience for it to be able to kind of play it and set it out, and you really have to coordinate your moves and, and think about it. Uh, to me, chess has always been a fun game. I haven't played it in a while, but it's always it's always been of interest. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, some, some people nowadays find it interesting, uh, because I think it's one of those games that, you know, you date it back. Chess has, I mean, has been around for many, many, many centuries, and, you know, you just have to understand it has withstood the test of time for good reason, uh, you know, because it is an interesting game, and it requires, yes, a lot of thought, a lot of skill, uh, but it's around for a reason. It still is captivating, obviously not to everyone, uh, but certainly to enough people that, you know, it keeps going, 
and uh, chess will continue, I think, onward very long into the future. So that's one thing to consider, you know, it's not like some little fad that came about in the 1980s and then everyone forgot about it. I mean, chess has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, so that makes sense. Uh, we have two more coming in. We hear from Svetlana in Florida. Uh, she just says, what are your general thoughts on the college bribery scandal? And uh, this, again, is another current event that I will um, I will just give a, a few abridged thoughts on. To be honest, I'm not very surprised by it. Uh, like some people were saying with the college bribery thing, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so shocked about this, I can't believe that this would happen, and, you know, so on and so forth. In my opinion, though, I think that it, it doesn't surprise me. It's wrong. That's something that should not be done. It's unfair. It's taking advantage of the system, giving certain individuals an unfair advantage just because of how much money they have. But when you realize that here in the United States, secondary education is a business, and the whole point of it is to, to make money, and lots of it, that does not surprise me one single bit. They're a business, there's always that chance that they're going to take bribes, they did, and uh, that's what happens, you know, sometimes corruption and money, they go hand in hand. Not every time, but it all depends on who you're dealing with, certain individuals when given that opportunity to get a little more money, you know. They're not going to be able to say no, even if it's wrong, and it's immoral, and it's unfair, and all of that. Uh, you'll have people that'll just, you know, you, you give them the check, you write them the check, they'll, they'll do it, they'll do anything. And it's a sad situation, but unfortunately it didn't, it didn't surprise me, I guess, as much as it surprised some people. I hope for a day when this kind of stuff will stop, uh, but I mean, who's to say? There's a good saying, and it holds true, has held true, will continue to hold true, money talks. You know, that's that's the way that it is. The people with more money probably going to be given better service, better quality of whatever, treated better than the person who doesn't have any money. Shouldn't be that way. Everyone should be you know, treated equally, should be leveled out. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just not the way that it goes. You have more money, you're going to be treated better than the person who has less money than you, and that's the sad way that it goes. You'll be able to get farther in life, you'll be able to bribe people, or get people to do things for you that, if you didn't have any money, would never, ever happen. That's wrong, but unfortunately that's how, that's how the rich stay rich, you know? Finally, we hear from Robbie in Rotterdam, New York, who has the following question. What do you think about meditation? My therapist recommended me mindfulness meditation and I found it to help me out even when I'm not meditating. It's very interesting stuff. I think that meditation is very important. It's something that I don't do as much, something that I really should do more so, uh, because I think, you know, to keep this one quick, I think that kind of changing your mindset in certain ways is such an important thing. And it can lead to, I mean, various trains of thought, thought process, uh, the way you may observe certain issues and be able to tackle certain issues, you change your, your thought process, and suddenly 
things might start clearing up. You might get a lot more relaxed, comfortable, and, uh, you know, various solutions or ideas may come your way uh, that may not have prior to that. But I think no matter what, even just as a means of relaxation, um, meditation is extremely important. There are all sorts of meditation, you know, the, the best ones to begin with are just simple breathing exercises, you know, so you don't need to go ahead like a, a Buddhist monk and light the incense and the candles and sit there in the room, you know, and, and all of that. You can just do some simple breathing exercises and uh, then go from there. But there are all forms of meditation. Some are very advanced, require a lot of time. Others, like I said, can be nearly effortless. I think all of them are beneficial, though, and uh, if you're interested, it's definitely something to look into more, because there's many good guides out there online, many different types of meditation. Now, not all of them will work, but some of them will work for you, and I think you'll be very glad for it, just like how Robbie there was saying, ever since I started meditating, you know, things have, you know, have gotten better in a sense, and it's really helped out. So I think that's something for you to consider, but look it up. Even the most basic meditations, I think, can do an awful lot of good. With that, I'm going to be concluding today's broadcast. If you have any last-minute questions, comments, reception reports, pieces of feedback, or topic suggestions, you may email me, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I apologize for all the background noise in today's program. It was unavoidable, but, you know, we just record with whatever we can, whenever and wherever we can. So I hope you understand. And with that being said, consider supporting this broadcast via PayPal to vorwinfo at gmail.com, Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you, and do take care.